Live by faith. May your faith truly be a dependence lived on your God. May our worship be lit up as we celebrate the God who is not keeping himself secret, but he's making himself clear. Well, good morning, church family. As uh, Pastor Tim said, my name is Glenn Knight. I'm the pastor of Congregational Care. As you can tell, I'm not from the Peoria area. I'm originally from England. So if you wonder why I speak like this, I can say I was born like this. And uh, I'm really excited to be part of this church and uh, see the amazing things that God is doing in our church. God is doing amazing things at Summit Point. Amen? And uh, part of that amazing thing is just the series that we've been going through, this Live by Faith, that I know in the people that I've been speaking to has touched so many people's lives. It's such a practical series. And this summer, we've looked at some major kind of Old Testament characters, Abraham, and Sarah, Isaac, and Moses. This morning, as we open God's Word together, I, I just want to encourage you to think about how worthy God is of our faith. And think of three key areas. The first area is God's faithfulness. We've been singing about that already, and we're going to finish our service singing about that some more. Our God is a faithful God, giving promises from generation to generation to generation to generation. The second thing, our God is a powerful God. You may be here today and facing some massive thing in your life. You can look through the text that we've looked at, and including this one here today, and you're going to see the enormous power of God to bring a baby to a couple advanced in years, to part the Red Sea, and to lead God's chosen people into the land. And the third thing I want you to think about is the love of God. God's relationship with us, God speaking to us, God present with us are all examples of God's love for us. Our church family, do you realize how faithful, how powerful, and how loving our God is? He is so worthy of our faith. And today, we're going to see those three things once again in our text. If you've got your Bibles, turn, if you, turn with me, if you would, to Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. And let me just give us a little bit of context as we open this text together. Last week, our pastor preached through this account of Moses leading the chosen people through the Red Sea. And now as we open this text, 40 years have gone by. God had used Moses to lead the people from slavery in Egypt through the wilderness, through the Red Sea. And now as Moses passes away, God brings Joshua into this leadership position and commands him to step into the promised land. Joshua was a huge part of God's plan for his chosen people. We've heard this said many times throughout this series, you're going to see it again today. God has a plan and God is in control. As we think about that challenge to live by faith, it's so important that we grasp those things. Whatever we feel, whatever we see, God is in control, God has a plan. And that's what this series is all about. That's the challenge for us from this text here, faith to face our fears. And my first point, you can see it up on the screen there, is see where God is moving and step forward with him. See where God is moving and step forward with him. Look at verse one with me. 
After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. We see this opening verse here, and this is a huge change for God's chosen people. Moses had died. Joshua is now called into leadership. Church family, don't you find that huge change often gives huge potential for fear? Do you feel that? Changing of jobs, changing of medical situations, and in this count, we have that same situation. A huge change taking place, changing leadership, changing direction from God. This is a huge step for God's chosen people. If you're like me and you can remember back 40 years, you know how long a period of time that is. 40 years of wandering in the desert. 40 years of wondering, what's next? 40 years of wondering, are we ever going to be situated and at home? 40 years, basically, of being homeless. But look at this verse, verse 1 here. It says, but the Lord said. God is speaking, and God is at work. Joshua, God is with you. God is speaking to you. He is at work. Look at verse 2 here. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise and go. Go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Joshua, get up and cross this huge river and bring the people with you as I'm about to give you and give them the land that I've promised. Church, this is the step of faith for them. Trust God as you step forward. It's so imperative that we understand that faith is active. It's not passive. God is calling Joshua to do several things in this text. It starts with this call to step forward. And at this point, Joshua doesn't know all the details. He doesn't know all the plans. But he knows enough to step forward. God says here, I am God is calling Joshua to this ground that he is giving to him and stepping forward in faith based upon the word of God. Church family, so often when we're facing fear and anxiety, when we're, when we're facing that unknown, we look to our emotions, don't we? Come on, don't leave me up here. We look to our emotions. How do we feel about that situation? And that's very natural, that's very human-like. Or we look at our circumstances and our focus can be absorbed on how we feel or what we perceive. Joshua was in that exact same predicament, that same temptation here. But God is calling him to trust him and his word. You may have heard of a lady called Corrie Ten Boom. She survived the concentration camps into the Second World War. And she said this, you can trust an unknown future to a known God. You can trust an unknown future to a known God. That's such a great word. Look at verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given it to you. Every place, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given it to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. 
God continues with this command to Joshua. As you walk into the promised land, as you step forward, every single step you take, God will be with you. And he has promised that land to you. Every step that you take is a reminder of God's promises and God's presence. God promised. God made a commitment. God cannot lie. God even sets out the physical boundaries for this promise. The wilderness to the south, the great sea to the west, Lebanon to the north, the great Euphrates, the river to the east. Joshua, see where God is moving and step forward with him. Church family, that's our challenge here today for you and your lives. To see where God is moving and to step forward with him. Look at verse 5. No man shall be able to stand against you. No man before you. All the days of your life, or if you're from central Illinois, all the days of your life. I want to make sure I'm understood here this morning. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Look, look at the totality of these statements. Every step you take, no one will be able to stand against you for all of your life. That's everything. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Oh, listen to this in the church. I believe someone needs to hear this this morning. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the trouble with leaning into how we feel and what we perceive. We need to know the truth of God's word. And our faith needs to be built upon the truth of God's word. And that's what Joshua needed the most here. I will never leave you nor forsake you. As you step forward, no one will be able to stand against you. This is awesome as you look through the flow of this text. God moves from geographical boundaries and a basic step forward in faith, and now he moves to his personal presence. So often, stepping forward with faith involves those steps, taking that initial step in response to God. Understanding that God is greater than anybody in this land. He was with Moses, he was with Abraham, and he is with Joshua. God will never leave you nor forsake you. This is the anchor of our faith. Who God is and what God has said. Jesus, our Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. In my role as the pastor of congregational care, we often pray with folks as they go through difficult times, and we pray with people as I'm part of the counseling team as well, and, and, and often it's easy for, for all of us to get focused upon circumstances and emotions. Those are very real, very tangible. But what people need when they've just got that cancer diagnosis, what people need when their marriage is on the rocks, is not, first of all, an answer to what they think needs to happen. What they need is God. Amen? That's what they need the most. And that's what Joshua has promised here, that God will never leave him nor forsake him. We need reminding of God's truth. We need reminding of what God has said. He will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Church family, God is a promise-making and a promise-keeping God. He's inviting us to live by faith. I'd love to stand up here this morning and tell you this has been a breeze for me my whole life, uh, but that wouldn't be true. There are really times in my life where I've really, really struggled in my faith. Put your hand up if you've ever been through that situation. So we have a few honest people in the building this morning. We go through those times. I I feel embarrassed to share this story with you, but I think it's pertinent. I uh, started coming to the United States uh, several years ago when my wife and I were just engaged, and I started off by loving the flying. If you're like me and you love to people watch, anybody like to people watch? Airports, for me, are the best place, especially international airports, all the different customs and backgrounds, and it's just a really cool thing to, to do. And I love the flying. But there was a time after several years that I was flying back to England from the United States. It was winter time, and as we flew over, flew over the North Atlantic, I looked down, I love to sit in the window seat, I looked down and I could see all of the ice in the sea below. And this little thought in my head, what happens if we crash? And I'm like, man, that would be awful. Like it's, it's freezing down there. We're, we're right near Greenland. Anybody know anybody that lives in Greenland or anything from Greenland? No, it's, it's in the middle of nowhere, literally. And I went from enjoying the flying to being paralyzed by fear. You ever been in that situation? You got armrests on your chairs just like they do on the plane. Every time we hit turbulence, I would grab the armrest. I, I couldn't eat. I felt sick to my stomach. Couldn't sleep the night before. Just this huge sense of relief going from enjoying flying to being absolutely paralyzed by fear. That's what happens when you look at feelings and circumstances. But church, God got a hold of my heart. Through the counsel of several people praying for me and digging into God's word, particularly one of my favorite verses when it comes to fear and anxiety, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And later on the verse says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God gave me a liberty and a freedom over fear, and that's what I pray one person here this morning will experience in their life, that same victory. Fast forward a number of years, and I'm flying back to England again, but this time I'm taking my oldest son. We were just talking about this on Friday. Um, He's in his mid-twenties, a teacher now, just blessed Becky and I, him and his wife, with our very first granddaughters. I have pictures up here. I'd love to show anybody. If you'd like to form a line afterwards, I I can show you those. But we were just talking about it, Luke and I, and he said, man, I'm still mad at you about that, Dad. He was, you know, like I said, 11, 12 years old, and we were flying back. God had done this huge victory in my life, but Luke knew I never sleep, I never eat. This is a perfect flying partner for a middle school boy. We were going to watch movies, we were going to play games, we were going to have snack. We had kind of an agenda laid out for that. Here's the problem, 20 minutes out of Chicago, I am out. I am sound asleep, and I slept almost the whole way to London, about eight hours. Man, when I woke up, my son was like this. Church, God gives us victory over fear. 
That same potential for that plane to crash exists. That same circumstance, that same emotion is there. But faith doesn't call us to focus on those things. It calls us to focus upon God. Church, fear focuses on the problem. Faith focuses on the problem solver. That's what God has encouraged Joshua to do here. So are you struggling this morning with some area like that? It may not be that extreme. Maybe just this anxiety, this uncertainty that just kind of grips you, alters your day, impacts your emotions. I'm going to encourage you with several things from this text here today. But I'd encourage you with this. Get very specific. I believe so often the enemy deals in these broad categories. God wants us to get very specific. And in being specific, he did a massive work in my life about flying. If I crash, I go to heaven. That's a win. Right? Apply the point of fear to the point of faith. A line that we use regularly in counseling There's a lot of fear and anxiety that exists, especially with this COVID season. Here's the sentence. What do I know and trust about God versus what do I feel and perceive about blank? You fill in the blank for the area of fear or anxiety. What do I know and trust about God versus what do I feel and fear about blank? As we see God moving, step forward in faith with him. But let's also, and this is the second point here, be strong and courageous. Doesn't that seem the opposite of what we've just talked about? And we'll see why in a moment here. Be strong and courageous, facing any fears that well up. These next four verses that we've got in the remainder of our text are built around a three Uh, time repeated phrase, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous, be strong and courageous. Look at the first example in verse six. Be strong and courageous. This is the challenge to Joshua as he steps into this promised land. For you shall cause this people to inherit this land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Church, let's say that together. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. God continues with this calling on Joshua's life. Be strong and courageous as God goes before you, as God is with you, as God was with Abraham and God was with Moses. This word be here is written in the imperative. It's not a suggestion. It's not like the mums are going to say to the kids when they go off to school in a couple weeks here, hey, if, if they're outside a lot, don't forget sunscreen. Have you packed your lunch? How many times have we had those conversations with our kids? If we had a dollar for every one of those, our mortgages would be paid off, right? That's not what this is being said here. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. Be strong and courageous. Strong. This word means to fasten upon, to bind. The strength God calls us to here is based upon him, not us. It's not us muscling through. It's not us denying the situation that we're in. Courageous. This is the opposite of fear. Being alert, being brave, being solid, being steadfast in mind. You hear this morning and you hear those words and you think, well, that's great for Joshua. That's great for 
big, strong spiritual people that I see around me, but I don't feel very strong and I don't feel very courageous. Here's what I would encourage you with today. The strength and the courage that God invites us, commands us to respond with isn't manufactured by you or me. Your strength, your courage is focused upon your relationship with God and how faithful, how powerful, and how loving God is. I want you to just think about the power of God with me. You may be feeling overwhelmed and stressed or or anxious here today, but I had a little look around this morning when we were in worship and when Pastor Tim was doing the announcements, and I didn't see anybody gripping on to their armrests and looking up at the ceiling, evidently concerned that they're going to go flying up off their seat and hit their head on the roof. But did you know, as you're sat here right now, our earth is spinning around its axis at a thousand miles an hour. And I love speed. Anybody else love speed? A thousand miles an hour is crazy fast. As you're sat here right now, our earth is rotating around its axis at a thousand miles an hour. If that's not intense enough, our earth is rotating around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And we are flying, like literally we're flying. But you didn't come into church, I don't think, and think, once if it stops, once if I fly up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess my hair up. That's not a problem for me but it may be for you. We don't think about those things. We don't become fearful of those things. We're not thinking about, am I going to fly up out of my seat? Here's my point in that. The same God who holds our earth in its rotation is the same God who holds you in the palm of his hand. Trust in him. Look at verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do All, all, the law of the Moses, my servant commanded you, do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Here we have that second phrase for us. And this time there's an added word, be strong and very courageous. Joshua is facing a great unknown, a great uncertainty On top of that, he's doing that on the basis of a season of great uncertainty and unknown. Following what God has told Moses, stay on the path of truth, not moving from the left or to the right. Here we get really practical now for something all of us can glean from this passage. How can Joshua be faith-filled? How can he be strong and very courageous? by remembering who God is. That's how we can be strong and courageous, by remembering he would never leave you nor forsake you. God has been faithful, God will be faithful. He is all powerful, all loving, by remembering who God is. And in the second piece that we're gonna see developed in these next few verses here, by remembering what he has said, focused upon God's word. Do you realize the treasure you have in God's word here this morning? Church family, right now, if someone here is having an area in their life that they're feeling the Lord just pressure in, like I did about my fear of flying, remember these two simple principles. How can you be strong and courageous when you don't feel like it or it doesn't look like it? By remembering who God is, 
by remembering what God has said. That's the anchor of our faith. Get really specific with you, with your fears. And I would argue this, the greater the propensity for fear, the greater you need, like me, to be in God's word. That's the fence line to this promise here. God has spoken, now stay in that word. You can't be strong and courageous with a little bit of your feelings, a little bit of your perceptions, and a little bit of God's word. Think about Joshua and the chosen people here. Think about what they were feeling. They'd heard the stories. Joshua was part of the original team that went to scope out this land. They knew that they were stepping into a land that was filled with people. And if they looked to those people, fear would clearly be evident to them. A great temptation. If they looked at themselves, they would think, can we take them? Is this how this is going to work? But if they looked to God, who is faithful, powerful, and loving, they can step forward and be strong and courageous, facing any fears that well up, remembering who God is and what God has said. Look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart upon your, from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all, all, everything that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. If you're facing anxiety and fear, if you're facing the unknown like Joshua was here, we'd be strong and courageous by remembering who God is, by remembering what God has said. Here's a threefold development of remembering what God said. There's three different facets to this. You need to speak God's word. I needed to speak that verse, Philippians, over and over and over and over. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. That's what God told Joshua to do here. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Maybe someone here today would grow in being strong and courageous simply by speaking God's truth over their fears. Meditate upon it. This word means to ponder, to think. Write a verse and put it on a post-it note on your mirror in the bathroom, in your car, in your office. Speak it, ponder it, and simply obey it. Do what God has said, not moving to the left or to the right. Take God's word and apply it to the specific area of fear. God promises that he will make your way prosperous and successful. This is far more than material blessings. I love the phrase that our pastor uses regularly. I use it in my conversations with people. Peace in the storm. The storm's still going on. We're not denying that's existing. There's still suffering. There's still trauma. There's still pain. But we have peace. Why? Because God is with us. God has spoken to us. God is a promising God. He is faithful, powerful, and loving. Even when we feel like we're crumbling, courage, strength. I love our pastor's preaching. One of the things that I love, just my personality, is I love lists. Anybody with me? You, you have a successful Sunday. Thank you for the list, Pastor Tim. I have five things that I need to do. I'm very much a list kind of person. So I, 
as I kind of prepared this message, I thought, I want to provide a list if you're anything like me. So here's, here's five things, kind of developing on what we've got so far. When you're faced with uncertainty and fear, the very first thing you should do before you do anything else is pray. Number one, go to God in prayer. Often bitterness, anxiety, and fear happens because we don't go to God in prayer. We start the wheels rolling in our head. We start talking to everybody else. Can't believe this situation happened. I've got this diagnosis. All of those are very understandable, but they're not going to help you. You need to go to God in prayer. Number two, remember who God is. I may feel like he's distant. I may feel like he doesn't care, but that's not the truth of God's word. And that's the third one. Go to God's word. So go to God, go to God in prayer. Remember who God is. And number three, go to God's word. Seek truth that speaks to your area of fear. And another piece that we use regularly in biblical counseling is, do you realize that fear is an expression of unbelief? That was the pivotal conviction for me in my fear of flying. I doubted God's presence. I doubted God's power. I never thought about it in those tangible ways, but the truth of the matter is that's exactly what I was doing. So that's number four. How am I expressing unbelief? How am I doubting? And then number five, trust God. Go to God in prayer. Remember who God is. Go to God's word. Consider unbelief. And then trust God. That's what God was asking Joshua to do here, moment by moment, step by step. Let's finish up this last verse here. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Church family, what a great verse to finish on this morning. God is commanding us to be strong and courageous, facing our fears with him. Do not be frightened. That word means afraid, dread, overcome by fear, dismayed. It means to be broken or paralyzed or shattered. Why should Joshua be strong and courageous? Because we've read it here for a second time. God is with him. God is with him. Church family, that's the promise God has for you also. One of Jesus' names was Emmanuel, God with us. He promises to never leave you nor forsake you. We read in Psalm 23, fantastic passage, the Lord is my shepherd. Verse four says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Even in the greatest trial that any of us will ever face, the valley of the shadow of death, we need not fear. Why? Because he is with us. A number of years ago, the Lord gave Becky and I an awesome opportunity to do <clears throat> some church planting work in the beautiful state of Colorado. And very early on in our time there, I'd arranged to meet a guy that was really interested in being part of our launch team. His name was Roy. <clears throat> and we met in the beautiful restaurant of McDonald's in uh, Greeley, Colorado, freezing cold January day. And uh, we talked about the vision for reaching lost people, for creating another group of worshipers and, and reaching this booming community. Had a great conversation and 
uh, towards the end of it, Roy said, me and Holly, his wife, we're, we're in, we're, we're do whatever, you know, we're, we're happy to serve, we're excited to be part of this, and we were just excited to have that commonality of vision and passion. And so it was starting to get to the lunchtime rush, and so I said, Roy, let's pray, and we're sat in our little booth, and uh, I just prayed and thanked God for a hard time, and said, this is awesome, Jesus, thank you for providing this, thank you that you've got a plan and a purpose, and when I opened my eyes, there at the end of our booth was a man leaning against the table. I don't know if you know this about English people, but we like our space, right? There's not a lot of it in England, so we like protecting kind of what we've got. And this guy was like there with his back to me, leaning against the table. My first thought was, this guy's having like medical issues. So I said, excuse me, excuse me, are you okay? And he looked around at me and he had tears flowing down his cheeks. I'm like, man, come, come and sit down. I slid across the seat and he sat down next to me. I said, are you okay? Like, what, what, what's going on? And he explained, he said, I've just moved up to Colorado from Kansas and all of my extended family are there. He said, my oldest, my daughter is married with two young kids and her husband's an addict. And he said, I just heard last night that he overdosed and died. My daughter's in her mid-twenties. She's got two young kids, and now she's a widow. And here I am in Colorado, and they're in Kansas. He said, I didn't sleep all night. He said, I woke up this morning, and I cried out to God, God, help me. God, help me. He said he felt the Lord oppress upon his heart, go to McDonald's. McDonald's, right? Go to McDonald's, and I'll send someone to pray with you. And you know what? He said, I was sat at the booth with my back to your back. He said, I knew that God had sent you to pray for me. Would you pray for me? Church family, God was with him in the valley of the shadow of death. God was with him when it looked like God had abandoned him. If you know anything about me, you know I'm not smart enough to write those kind of stories. As we pull this together and finish, be strong and courageous. See where God is moving and step forward with him. Be strong and courageous, facing any fears that well up. Listen, God is not only great because he does massive things like that answer to prayer. God is so great because he knows that you're anxious about your kids starting kindergarten or you're concerned about your bills or that doctor's appointment. And you think, well, there's nothing like that, but you know what? God loves you and is with you in that situation. So as we finish and we pray here, let me ask you a question. Are you struggling with fear and anxiety? Is there something welling up within you which is causing you uncertainty? Get really specific. Are you focused on the problem or the problem solver? Remember our pastor often talks about that triangle of trust. God is all powerful, all knowing, and all loving. So let's close our eyes. Let's just give the Lord a moment to just minister to our hearts. There's nothing going on that anybody needs to see. This is just a moment for you to spend some time with your Savior. The same Savior that parted the Red Sea and sends people to pray for each other is the God that loves you, the God is faithful to you. 
just in the stillness and the quietness of this room, is there an area of fear and anxiety that Lord is, the Lord is saying to you today, I, I want to take that from you. I, I want you to trust me with this. I want you to be strong and courageous. Let's pray. 